Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel, Lauren Obo Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. And I am actually really excited about the show being a more conversational thing because, you know what, between the three of us, we always have shit to talk about. Um, I definitely want, you know, we'll have This Week in Geek on a regular basis. I'm sure there will always be sports stuff you guys want to talk about. Uh, We're getting back into a lot of shows are coming back on the air. I just watched the I'm always going to be a week behind Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I I just finally watched that. Uh, There's always new video games coming out. There's always, I think, between the three of us, shit we want to talk about. So I don't think we're ever going to run out of stuff. And we can always still have guests come on or people who want to join in on the call. I think that's one of the few things that's kind of missing from podcasting in general is those radio roots of here's some people chatting in a public forum and you can call in and, and chime in. I, I like that. Speaking I do too. But first things first, let's test some names to voices. Hi, oh, I'm Jack. I'm Jonathan. I'm Lauren. And we are Glib Shark. Tonight, this, the return of Lauren Urban, which is pretty exciting. St. Patrick's Day and, you know, open lines. 215-486-2125 or Skype Jenga ship. One thing that I, I did want to add was that uh, we really – the thing we need to work on just in, a, in an audio sense is we need to get that really nice NPR level, the, the kind that's just interesting enough to, to not actually put you asleep but to get you almost there. My, and I am a seagull. My Ira Glass is really bad, guys. I'm not going to be able to do that at all. Well, <laughs> Ira Glass is from Baltimore, and that's kind of close to Philly. The accents are similar enough that I might be able to pull Ira Glass if I talk more nasally. I could probably do a really bad Garrison Keeler, but I think that moves more towards the put you to sleep thing that you were talking about. From context, I know those are radio people. I'll, okay, I'll go Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. We'll do Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me because that includes a lot of random people on it who are loud and obnoxious like me. And I would like to protest. I have been on the last couple of episodes, just not for long and by phone. And this time I'm actually here like with a real microphone. I'm excited. Well, that's super awesome. Do you, the lovely and talented and amazing Oboe Crazy, have a little something for us this week? You mean This Week in Geek? Why, I do. Thanks for asking. Yes. Yes. So we'll save the best news for last. First, Game of Thrones author George R.R. Martin is finally taking time to write his book. Okay, 
not really finally time to write his book. As we know, he's been writing furiously, trying to basically keep ahead of HBO. But he announced on his blog last night that he's actually taking a more drastic step. He's going to be cutting back on his convention appearances in the next year in order to, quote, write like the wind. The main thing that he wanted to talk about was he actually apologized in advance because he's not going to be attending World Fantasy Convention in Saratoga this November, which is a convention he was actually announced to be at. He also did confirm he will not be at San Diego Comic-Con. However, he hadn't said he was going to be there yet, so that's not as big of a deal. Straight from his blog, I quote, I don't often attend the World Fantasy Convention, but I was there the last time it was held in Saratoga, and I had a great time. It's a terrific town and a wonderful con. This year the convention is returning to Saratoga once again, and I was hoping to return as well. I'm not a guest of honor, and I'm not, so far as I know, getting an award. I just wanted to go. Reluctantly, however, I just had to scratch Saratoga off my list of 2015 appearances for no reason having to do with the con itself. I am sure it will be terrific. It's just a matter of time. I have too much to do, too many things on my plate. Also, I've decided against attending this year's San Diego Comic-Con. Same reason, but since Comic-Con was never listed on my appearances page, scratching it is not a big deal. And then he says in parentheses, should I complete and deliver Winds of Winter, which is the next book in the Game of Thrones saga, before these cons roll around, I reserve the right to change my mind. So, good news for all involved. I think most of his fans would understand his desire to want to continue to write and get these books done. And as much as those going to World Fantasy Convention might be a little upset and not seeing him in person, I think they'll enjoy his product even more, especially if it comes slightly faster. So good luck to you, Mr. R.R. R. Martin. Moving from fantasy worlds to other worlds. So SETI is already enlisting the power of you know, the masses of people who are using their computers to help search for extraterrestrial life, NASA is now going to let the public pitch in to spot new asteroids kind of in the same way. The U.S. Space Agency has developed a new piece of desktop software designed to run an algorithm and process images from a telescope to, and I quote, determine which bodies are moving in a manner consistent with an asteroid. End quote. This software works in conjunction with the asteroid mining company Planetary Resources and was introduced at Hipster Mecca South by Southwest, which is kind of going on. And as you can tell, I didn't write this article. Basically, the new algorithm is a major accomplishment as it should be able to identify 15% more asteroids in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter than other methods. It's sophisticated enough to match the findings to known asteroids, which should help with mapping. Uh, it's also an app that'll help track the innumerable near-Earth objects, or NEOs, flying in and around and out there, and hopefully spot any big ones that, you know, might cause problems. Amateur astro astronomers can also analyze their own images captured via personal telescopes. Considering we currently track just a fraction of all the asteroids flying around out there, crowdsourcing the, the search could possibly open up a lot of additional processing power. If you're interested, you can go to, um, there's a whole bunch of links out there. Basically look for Asteroid Data Hunter is the name of the app. Uh, it's just like the SETI app. It'll just run in the background and crunch numbers and you're offering some of your computer power to forward science. It's, it's pretty cool. Finally, 
and for most of our legion of fans, this will come as no surprise, Rooster Teeth finally put out the Laser Team trailer. That's right. The full trailer has been released. It was officially released at South by Southwest and went up online yesterday. For those of us, and by us I do mean at least me, backers of the original um, uh, online, um, it wasn't a Kickstarter. Ah, Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Thank you. Uh, for those of us who were backers of the original Indiegogo, we got an email with an actual link to the YouTube page that had the full um, trailer, but you can go see it now. It looks funny. If you need a synopsis, go watch the trailer. It's really good. It also includes Naked Gus. And if there's any more reason to watch a trailer than Naked Gus, I can't think of one. That's all for This Week in Geek. I'm Oboe Crazy, and I wish I was drinking a Guinness. The world is indeed a strange place. If you have a fact you want Lauren to read live and on the air, say for instance, Naked Gust protesting George R. R. Martin not going to cons because he's busy looking writing the books, but also looking for extraterrestrial bodies, you can uh, send it to her, Lauren at obocrazy.com. And while you're at it, go to our website, glibshark.com, full of past episodes of classic Jenga Jam, modern Glibshark, perennial buttcast. It's all there, and the occasional picture or midnight movie review or blog post. Glibshark.com, where all the cool kids congregate. Real quick, uh, going back to something that was talked about on the uh, This Week in Geek, I was actually really impressed with, uh, with the Laser Team trailer. Like, Me too. I, I, there was actually, and, and it's kind of funny because there's sort of this rivalry between the Rooster Teeth site and the Rooster Teeth uh, subreddit. It's kind of it's kind of weird. It's it's a it's a strange relationship there. But uh, uh, one of the things that someone had said on the Rooster Teeth subreddit was basically kind of like, "Calm your tits. Know that this is like a two million dollar movie, and that doesn't buy a lot. And it's true. And two two million dollars is like extremely low budget these days. And Basically, the idea of the post was, don't get your hopes up too much. I mean, I know they're going to do the best they can, but have some realistic expectations for what this is going to be. And I think at least from the trailer, everyone now has the right to set their expectations as high as they want. Because the trailer looks fantastic. And obviously, it's designed to look fantastic. Otherwise, whatever didn't look good wouldn't be in the trailer. But just... The fact that you've got these quick cuts and, and the special effects, it just it looks legit. And I am really I'm actually excited to see it. And I think that the little that we've seen of of Gavin and Burns, but especially Michael, I think is gonna is gonna be really delightful. I, I, I can't wait. It's gonna be so so much fun. I'm kind of surprised that everybody has been like, oh, listen, it's not that much money and, oh, you know, set your expectations low. No, no, no. It was just one guy. It was just one guy. It it was one dude on Twitter. uh, I'm sure sure there are other people who have been saying similar things. Um, These are a bunch of guys and girls at Rooster Teeth who not only have been in production for years, but have been in production and being able to produce high-quality content for practically nothing for a very long time. Um... There's plenty of mainstream Hollywood actor uh, directors and auteurs out there who are able to make amazing movies for just no 
budget whatsoever. Uh, I don't see, you know, yeah, two and a half million or four million or however much that they raise on the Indiegogo. Not a lot of movie money for a movie, but what is not included in that is the uh, time and talent and all of the shit they already have at Rooster Teeth, all set up, you know? Everything that they raised money for was just, it was icing on the cake. Bernie said it when he was on our show. They're gonna make this movie no matter what. The Indiegogo just made a lot more possible. So I, for me, it was less about, is this gonna look like a real movie? And more, is this gonna be something I'm gonna enjoy? And I thought it was very funny. I'm really excited, and I can't wait to see it on the big screen. And Naked Gus. You know, I haven't seen the trailer yet, so I really can't comment one way or the other. Yeah, <gasps> Jenga. I, I've been busy. I've got event redacted stuff to do. I know, but this is this is the reason that we are all together. It's 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 Rooster Teeth. True. True, and I need to do a better job of like staying in touch with these things. But um, I'm going to watch the trailer probably after the show, and maybe I'll weigh in with my uh, my thoughts after the fact. But I will say that this isn't like I'll reinforce what you said. This isn't their first rodeo. They've been a production company for about ten years now, so they've been building towards this, essentially putting out the equivalent of a feature or two in terms of content every year. And I get that the film's a different kind of thing. But uh, I'm going into it with uh, you know open eyes and hopes and understanding of their. Bonafides, but understanding that it might not be, you know, a complete movie or a perfect movie, but being forgiving of that, seeing as how it's their first movie, like like you would be for any like debut like director. Who's the official director on this? Did they say in the trailer? Uh, they uh, probably did. Home. Is it so, okay? So Matt's directing. So Matt has done a film technically, but uh, but I would expect go into it with the same kind of fair chance for any kind of debut director because effectively this is a sort of you know debut on this kind of sort of level. I don't. I disagree. I think that having directed, uh, at least from a lot of the job that a director would have to do, uh, organizing the story, getting together your assets, uh, actually making sure that your all your sequences make sense. I think he's got a lot of experience by uh, with Red versus Blue and uh, and the because uh, he directed The Strangerhood, I think, as well, and he's done a ton of shorts. Sure, so, but I think there's a difference between directing, you know, shorts and a full-length feature. Right, but it's not his debut by any means. I mean, he's he's had more views. His media has had more views where he has a director credit than a lot of other directors. And I like you were saying, this was all kind of leading up. I uh I think he's kind of like it's sort of like I think it, it, saying it's his feature debut would be a lot more uh a lot more accurate. Yeah, okay, that's hear, fair. I could hear that's the hell fair. out of someone's mouth bad. Yeah, feature debut. And I would go into it with that same kind of kind of understanding. But, you know, I don't know about setting the bar high, but that said, I haven't seen the trailer yet. It could knock, it could knock me off my ass. It probably will. Well, something it's, to look forward to. Yes. And it's very fun. I've been yeah. spending all this time on my ass like a sucker. It's about time something someone did something about that. I, uh... We were talking about um, what were we talking about? We were talking uh, about his yard and, he, and knocking Jenga on his ass. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he's he's small, so it, it's it's not terribly hard. I would. I was actually. I I mentioned this on the uh, on the stream right before we came in here. I was actually like setting up the camera uh, or the connect 
so that it could not only get my good side, but also make me look a lot less fat. And what's kind of nice is that the, the Twitch app, uh, when you enable the camera, actually like just auto-crops a little section of what the uh, whole Kinect can actually see. So thankfully, I, it, it cut off a lot of the undesirable bits, I will say. Roblox, because you have no undesirable No, I seriously do. And it, it is a problem. And it is something I'm looking to remedy before Event Redacted and RTX and all kinds of other stuff. And, uh, but for now, I don't need our several viewers seeing that. Well, and if people are wondering what we're talking about, directly after the show, we're going to be jumping on uh, Halo, the Master Chief Collection, and we're going to play some Halo and live stream it and have some fun, so you should join us. I will not be drunk because it's still, you know, early and I have to work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to be drinking either because it's a school night. Even though, uh, even though uh, Elisa actually doesn't have school, uh, I still have to get up, and I've been uh, making a decent habit of going to the gym recently, so I intend to, to continue that. And so we'll probably, we'll probably go until about, I don't know, 10.30, uh, 11 o'clock Central Time, and uh, we'll just see what happens. We'll kind of play it by ear. That's cool. I, to... Go ahead, Lauren. Oh, I was going to say, I also, I wasn't at the gym, but I was on the treadmill for a good hour preparing for many things, including event protected. Um, but I got a chance, and I'm going to use the gym to segue into Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I finally got a chance to catch up. Um, I am going to be perpetually weak behind because I'm watching the show through the ABC app, which I've actually been super impressed by. And basically, any shows that are airing, you can, a week after they air, you can watch the episode, and you have to watch commercials. That's really... Uh, it's a day. It's a day after. No, like... I still can't watch... Um, I can't watch... I was just able to watch the episode that came out on the 3rd. Really? Yeah, uh, you can... It, you have it... to... Sorry, go ahead. Well, do you have a cable subscription? Well, Mary and Chris do. See, I, so here's, here's what's happening on, on my end, because you mentioned streaming apps, and ABC is definitely a really, really good one. A yes. lot of, a lot of uh, channels are actually doing a really good job with their streaming stuff. I actually watched uh, Better Call Saul this morning. Mm. Even though it aired last night, I watch it in the morning at work and, you know, while I'm like, doing stuff. You know, not really kind of kind of stuff I can I can do while I'm kind of zoning out and watching TV, but uh, but Tuesday is actually going to be or, or Wednesday at work is actually going to be a lot busier because not only will I be able to watch Agents of Shield in the morning, I'll also be able to watch The Flash because I'm pretty sure the CW site does the same thing where the morning after it's available. They've been I, I in the past it's there's been like a week gap or so, mm. but it seems like recently. They've done a really good job of being like, you know what, rather than people pirate this, let's go ahead and have it for them as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, and Comedy Central has been doing this for a very long time, putting stuff out on their website the next day. And yeah, you got to watch commercials, but you're getting it for free. And, you know, I'm perfectly happy to watch commercials in order to get it. So I, I probably could get the cable subscription information from Mary and Chris, but Honestly, it's so difficult for me to even get the time together to watch an hour-long show that I don't think I, I 
could be that on top of it anyway. So I'm just totally happy to be able to stick it on my phone. And I actually got on the treadmill and just walked for an hour and watched the, the first episode to come out in the second half of the season. So I don't know where you guys are, or if we want to get into some of the stuff that they did, because I, I thought it was an interesting episode. Yeah, I, I like that they, because this is the one where everyone finds out that, uh, no, I think that's the next one. Never mind. Um, I did like how, uh, which I can never remember which one is Fitz and which one is Simmons. <laughs> Uh, it's Simmons is the girl. Okay. Fitz so is Fitz the guy. actually says, uh, it's not just weird. It's inhuman. Yeah. They finally uh, and and every, like the meme after that was, Oh my God, he said the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you said the thing. He really said the thing. Yeah. Which we kind of knew. Um, I know, but it's still like, I believe that is the first mention of the word inhuman in the Marvel cinematic slash TV universe. I think so. They also drop the Avengers again, um, which I continue to enjoy when they, they keep referencing that. Um, I liked the, I liked seeing S.H.I.E.L.D. be smart. I liked watching them outsmart people and Hydra and everybody because it's been a really long time since we've been able to see them be out front for a little while and while... You know, yeah, a lot of this episode was dealing with Tripp's death. I think it was also kind of a, a reaffirmation that, no, this isn't going to be them constantly catching up to everybody. That every once in a while, that yeah, they can't actually get ahead and they can't have a plan and can't have it work. And it was gratifying to have at least some things go right. Right. Yes, I agree. And so I'm looking forward to where it's going. Uh, how many episodes are left in the season? Like six? Seven? Well, I think I think this season is a full twenty-two. Oh, so, okay. so it like nine, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If we're, I, but that's it. Might be anywhere from twenty to twenty-two. I don't know, but there's there's certainly plenty. So we'll see what happens. I actually got caught up on uh, on the Flash and the Arrow. Not the Arrow, just Arrow. Not the Arrow. No, it's, it's not actually the, the Arrow. It's just Arrow. <laughs> the yeah. show, it's, it's the Flash and Arrow. Come and on, Jonathan. He only has the one. I know. Sorry. Well, actually, there's multiple people shooting arrows in that show. But he's only care about the one arrow. I'm sorry. The only guy shooting arrows for me is over in the other universe. Actually, it, it was funny. So uh, earlier in this season, they actually had a couple of crossover episodes between uh, The Flash and, and Arrow. And it was one of those things where I heard about it. And that actually got me interested in both shows because I love shared universes. And the fact that like this gritty grounded version of, of the green arrow is just like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll have the flash. Sure. We'll have metahumans. And so I was watching the, the crossover and there are a couple of instances where the two heroes fight. And I keep remembering that one trope where, in comics, where if you have heroes fight, it has to be a tie. Jack, is that is that a thing? Um, it depends. Or they have to fight for a little bit, and it, and then they they team up to take on the real bad guy. Well, it's like but, what uh, happens it's very rare to have one like superhero like straight up beat down the other one. Yeah, I, I mean, in Avengers they have the little throwdown between Thor and Iron Man, and then. Captain America joins in and it ends with basically a draw. 
And it, when flat, you know, spoilers for like several weeks ago in both Arrow <laughs> and Flash, but uh, when they fight, they they actually fight to a tie. And and the one guy in the Flash who is his name is uh, Cisco, I think. He's kind of the voice of the audience and comic book geeks. I've got a feeling he is a comic book geek. So he's the one like naming all the villains like, oh, we're going to call this guy Captain Cold. And everyone's like, really, Cisco? And he's like, yeah, it's cool. He, he's a lot of fun. And, and he's really funny. But Wait, um, his name is Cisco. I believe his name is. Cisco. So his ideas, they're his ideas and they're real. Yes. yes. <laughs> 15 year old sci fi reference. I, I, you know what? If, if, you get, if you got that joke and you're listening right now, tweet at me. I will send you a coffee. I, I hope Avery Brooks just shows up one of these days in, that, in one of those shows. That would make me so happy. Well, anyway, well, anyway. The point, is, the point is, is that he, like, after, he's monitoring what's going on and, and the fight. And so like, in the control room, you've got the sidekick from Arrow and the sidekick from Flash. And they're both like, kind of like pulling for their guys. And one of the people is like, you realize they're fighting to the death. And they're like, oh, yeah, but I'm totally rooting for my guy. So at the end, when, when, it, when they essentially tie, Cisco like, kind of throws up his hands like, it's a tie! And it's like, wow, that was kind of a shout-out to that whole thing. And then at the end, uh, I think they, they have the Rocky and Apollo Creed moment where uh, Apollo Creed, in, in return for training Rocky, demands that they have a rematch. But you never see the results of that rematch. The arrow and uh, or arrow in the flash have have uh, have something similar, and it's really like cool. That, I, I that pseudo homoerotic moment at the end of that movie. No, <laughs> I yeah. didn't read, read into that at all. <laughs> Jack, do, do you have something to tell on you? <laughs> what that I can see the obvious homoeroticism at the end of Rocky no, 2? How there was just like I I I don't. Like, I know it's cool to kind of look back on stuff from the 80s and like try and read into homoeroticism. And sometimes, like, yeah. not, not stuff from the like, 80s, just Top Gun or stuff with Tom Cruise in it, just Tom Cruise. And, and, but it, it seems like, like, even Tom, even Top Gun, I loved Top Gun as a kid, and I'd never, I, I mean, I see it now, but I, I think, I don't know, I think it, that's 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 kind of grasping for homoerotic straws. In, in <laughs> I think you can have two dudes who care about each other, who decide to fight, and have it just be that. With no, okay. with no o- over or undertones. It's just ding, ding. Roadblock. I'm, I'm not going to talk like grasping at homoerotic straws. Yeah, I, I want to make a sucking joke, and I can't come up with one. No, you've never been on Tumblr, have you? Or you've never been on fanfiction.net. You don't understand. On both, and I don't care. There are legions of, I know, but of we people don't have out to, there. We don't have to be one of them. <laughs> Why not? It's fun. No, we don't have to be. I, I am one of those people who, as... I am more than happy if you want to have in your head or in your fan fiction or whatever gay characters or characters doing whatever. I feel like as long as they're consistent with the character, and so if the character is gay or if we don't know, then you go nuts. Did but I ever once, tell you guys my favorite Rule 34 is the one with Mythbusters? Oh, God. I know what, what you're talking about. That one's, that one's wrong. <laughs> that one just like ruined everything for everyone. That the yeah that was just like childhood boom, and that's why you can't have nice things. We can never have nice things. 
All right. Should we move on to other things? Is there anything you guys want to talk about, or should I go into Ori in the Blind Forest? Uh, oh, community. I'll bring it up briefly. This is coming back today. Like after you guys watch Jonathan and Lauren's stream, if you're still up, you should probably watch uh, the debut of Community. I mean, I, I'm kind of interested. They brought on Keith David and Paget Brewster from Andy controls the uni- Andy Richter controls the universe, which I get. Again, it's been on like 10 years ago. But I'm pretty excited to see where it goes with Yahoo and no longer having strings and no longer being an NBC and all that. And it's a little show that could, so I'm really happy that it's still around. That's all I have. I don't watch Community. I'm sorry. Neither do I. Ah. Okay, I take that back. I I felt like I was bamboozled into watching one episode. Oh, yeah, the D&D one? Yeah. I can see that. But uh, but I mean, I sort of like. I guess the way you would feel watching that is the way I feel watching Big Bang Theory. I'm like, wait, you're a geek. You like you like this. Watch this, and I watch it, and I don't like it, even though there's you know geek stuff like on the ceiling well, thing. Well, I I think the, I'm, and I'm trying to remember where I heard this from. But the allegory for the Big Bang Theory versus a show like Parks and Rec, where a, there is a geek who is a major character, like from season two onward or season three onward in Ben. Sure. Uh, Parks and Rec sometimes is about geeks. Uh, I'm think, trying to think of another good show about that. Actually, uh, um, in in Arrow, you have uh, Felicity Smoke, who is most definitely a geek and and likes to make those kinds of references. Yeah, it's it pretty to, much Oracle, actually. Yeah, but but she has she has modern day geeky interests, and when when she's on, it's about her. And it's 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 paying tribute to geeks, to geekdom, uh, like like I said, characters like Ben, characters like Felicity Smoke, uh, characters like Cisco uh, in The Flash, where and you contrast that with Big Bang Theory, where I feel like they're making fun of geeks, like it's not really a tribute to anything like that, and and it feels really disingenuous when it when it attempts to to kind of like be like you know what no no we get you we get you. Geeks, we we're totally on your side. No, it, it's there's still a divide, and I don't like it. And I've it's it's a vibe from the show that I've never, never been particularly been comfortable with. It's like geek face. I don't know Ooh. if that's the right word for it. Like it's sort of like people uh, using okay, okay. Like, it's cultural like, appropriation. No, I get it now. It I was like I was confused for a second. I was like geek face. I don't get. Just oh, the idea okay, that, I get like, it. Let's have these stereotypes sing and dance for your amusement, Jack. Would it be if we showed up to our panel in whiteface? Would how offensive would that be? Wait, isn't our panel no, in Texas? No, no, isn't no. Our, first of all, isn't our panel in Texas? Yes. Yes. So yeah, that's never happening. No. Also, even if it was happening, the next logical step is what I would do, and no, I'm not. No, 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 I'm not. I just assume you dress like a like a dude. Yeah. No. I'm not doing that either. <laughs> not, not doing any of that. I am still hoping that we can run our, our, our official D&D game in the convention in the evening this time. I'm, I'm pitching for it. I know tickets go on sale shortly. I know hotels are going up soon. I know all that stuff is starting to get on a roll. And I, I am keeping my fingers crossed. I'm going to pull everything together. And this year is going to be the biggest D&D charity event yet. Yeah. And that's the piece I'm looking forward to, like that game and potential celebrity uh, participation that's been tweeted and teased. 
I'm on board for that. I am really curious to see how the the front runner would fare in something like that. Uh, the the person that's been discussed the most because. Uh, I mean, we all know this person really well, and and she is an amazing woman, and has an amazing child. But she's gonna be way out of her fucking element on this. <laughs> she's gonna be like, "Yay, things! I did the thing." Which you know is what? that's the best, though. I mean, the last couple years that I've run this game, every single time, the vast majority of people in the game have never played D anD D before, or it's been forever. Or they, you know, they're just sitting down right now and we're going to play and they don't know anything. And if I can organize it a little bit more so it's an official event that happens in the evening and then have the time to get together with everybody for you know, a little bit, maybe like a lunch at some point and, and just talk through a few things, I know that we can, that that's not going to be a problem. That as long as everybody coming is there to have fun, the... Details don't matter, and I'm confident enough in, if I can be egotistical for a moment, I'm confident enough in my abilities to run a game in front of other people that doesn't involve a lot of rules lawyering and craziness and everybody's still having fun, that's, that's all we need. And I think anybody being suggested that would be seriously considered, including the person whose name is apparently redacted, although I don't... Since nobody's confirmed anything and no one has said, yes, I don't think we have to because we could put out a plea, but whatever. I think she would be fantastic because she would totally come to the game with the exact right mindset, which is I'm going to be, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to have fun and have other people have fun. And that's all you need. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree. I, Although- I am, I will. It's, it it seems to me that I'm usually the da- the the uh, doubting rules lorry uh, munchkiny asshole in these ventures. So I will continue <laughs> to play that role and but, and just be like cautiously optimistic. Actually, cautiously optimistic rules, is a little so you much. Do that. Well, no, yeah. you know the rules, so I can trust you. You know, I can hand you the harder character to play and know that you got my back. You know that we will have a mage in this party because I know Roblox can cover that. And and that is also a blessing because that means, you know, that that's a lot of explaining that I don't have to go through. And 5th edition has been really good about being simple enough in a lot of ways and tailored enough so that, like, 4th edition, I had to do a lot of customization in order to make it playable without any kind of miniatures and playmat. And I love 4th edition, and it's great. And but I, I had to do a lot of pairing and already from the little that I've been able to do in fifth edition so far, it's that's already not even an issue. And there's so many other things that are super simple and it's just a much faster um, battle experience and a much better role playing experience, which is um, if the acquisitions incorporated games are anything to go by. And from what we've done, anything to go by, those are the memorable moments of the game. I mean, our game last year I, there were a couple memorable roles and some of the battles were fun, but I think the moments everybody, you know, if you ask any of us, what's your favorite moment? I think it'll be role-playing moments. It won't be dice rolls from that game. I know mine is. I'm inclined to agree. But speaking of, like, cultural appropriation or appropriation in general, like, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't talked about the death of Internet Explorer. Wait, and what? The, Wait, okay, no, so there's oh, a... 
it's not going anywhere. Well, right. Like they're, I guess they're rebranding it. Like there's still going to be a browser that Microsoft uses, but it won't be called Internet Explorer anymore. And apparently, the code name for the new browser that they're developing, which is supposed to be more like Chrome-like and more uh, Firefox-like, is Project Spartan. And it's expected to have like Cortana integration. So very f- slowly, the Halo universe is sort of slowly co-opting pieces of Microsoft because by far it's probably the most popular like brand that Microsoft has right now. So the company will just be called like UNSC or Master Chief or Halo or just whatever in, in 10 years. Well, one issue that you're going to run into, and actually this was pointed out by our good friend uh, uh, Corey, a.k.a. Jericho941 on Twitter, is that uh, the government still really hasn't transitioned away from IE6. Like, they're struggling to make things work in IE7 and, God, God forbid, IE8. Oh, right. So, like, Enterprise is the single exception. You know, I'm in the same environment. We just made the move to Windows 7, I think, last year. We were using XP forever because everyone was. Yeah. So I, I suspect that, like, government agencies and, like, you know, the enterprise users who are in business will continue to use IE as long as they possibly can until support goes away from here altogether. But, and, uh, and that's good because it, it's a crutch. Like, like, like you said, enterprise, a large-scale enterprise is notoriously slow-moving, glacial, if you will. And it takes a kick in the ass for anything to get done. Like, you tell an administrator, hey, um, your server's about to blow up. You should probably do something about that. They could have had these issues, like, for years and just kept putting it off. And then you finally present them with a... You're, uh, with an ultimatum, essentially, like your stuff is going to die unless you do something right now is the only way stuff gets done. And then it's a fire drill. It's the inevitable cycle, no matter how big your enterprise is. That's just how it goes, because people are, are inherently lazy. And in a big environment like that, laziness compounds laziness. And then and if it's not laziness, it's lots and lots of caution. Hey, go at, we're going to need to submit a change request for this. Okay, well, we'll put that towards the change committee, and then that committee representative will go to the board to get the approval, and then it'll trickle down and blah, 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 blah. And like I said, uh, extremely slow-paced. I mean, it makes like geological formations look speedy. I love the fact that during that entire um, very intelligent, very well-spoken discussion, all I could think about every time you talked about Enterprise was uh, Star Trek. Yeah, no, it's it happens. I I I was hoping it wasn't just me. I I really I getting back to what you mentioned, Nobo. I really want to talk about Ori and the Lost Forest or Ori and the Blind Board. Ori and the Blind. Yeah, have you been playing it too? Uh, yes. I, I, I'm not very far. I just got into the, uh, the ginkgo tree, but, um, okay. Then I'm not that much farther than you are. Cause I just finished the, the, the ginkgo tree. Yeah. And I think, uh, our good friend, Lauren doodles, AKA she's now Lauren on Twitter, just at Lauren. She managed to finagle, uh, finagle herself a new username. Uh, I think she is just about done. And she was asking me like, at, there are certain points where I guess where you, where stuff happens, like basically, my and and I kind of freaked her out a little bit. My attitude towards the game was, oh hey, I'm this magical spirit creature. Yay! Look at all this cool stuff and this beautiful music. Oh my god, everything's gorgeous. 
now I'm going to kill everything I see. <laughs> and, and so my, my murderous spirit attitude kind of got the best of me. And she was like, well, when you get to the owl, uh, tell me what you think of what happens. I'm like, got it. Kill the owl and, and uh, ravage its corpse. She's like, no, no, I just, I just want to hear your opinion. I'm like, got it. Kill the owl in front of its family, then kill the family. Okay, got it. And she was, she, I, I think she was actually a little disturbed. I was in a weird mood on Monday. So it was like a weird combination of like endorphins and, and Ori and the blind forest and murder. Um, lots of murder. So yeah. I was not going to get this game because I have not been a platformer person since I was young and playing Mario and Mega Man and Zelda when I was very young. I'm, I've just, I think the only reason I even played some of those games is because that was all that was really out at the time. So I wasn't going to get this game. And then I had a friend send me some of the music. And I remember looking at some of the art and going, oh, that's gorgeous. And then someone sent me snippets of the music. And I'm like, okay, I, I have to play this game now because I kind of want to buy the soundtrack. And I think I should play the game to a soundtrack for that I'm going to buy. So... Um, it is absolutely gorgeous. It is really, the, the controls are incredibly tight. The music is, is stunning. The story is unique and I suck at it and I am frustrated by it and it is not for me, but I'm going to keep plowing through because of the bits that I enjoy. Um, for those of you wondering, I just finished the water tree and there's a whole big extended section that I'm sure I'm not the only person who was just annoyed. I, at one point, just put down my controller and walked away. Um, and, it, and that's mostly because I don't derive... Like, I know there's a lot of people with things like Dark Souls or uh, some of these really hard platformers like Super Meat Boy who get... I was about to say, like, Super Meat Boy, yeah. Yeah, you know, who derive the pleasure out of... Um, butting their heads up against the wall over and over and over again until they finally break through. And I don't. And, and it's not that I want the game to be easy for me. It's that um, in a game that has so, that is so unforgiving in a lot of ways, I don't, I feel like there's more luck than skill involved sometimes. So, and, and I'm, this is not a critique of Ori. This is more of a warning to people who are like me that don't be fooled by the beautiful uh, visuals and the gorgeous art and the, the wonderful music. This game is going to kick your ass. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think I did actually one of the puzzles before I got double jump. And then when I went through and had double jump, I was like, wow, this is really easy. Yeah. I, I think I may have actually done a double jump puzzle without double jump. So I, I've got that's a feather in my cap. Personally, I have actually really enjoyed the game. I like the fact that you it has a skill tree so you can kind of custom tailor your character to whatever you want to do. Ultimately, you're going to be probably picking the same the, the same optimized path. Uh, but it, it's still been a lot of fun. And referencing my, my pension for murder earlier, the very first tree I started upgrading was the offense tree. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the way to go as well, just because there is such a penalty, you know, like, there's such a penalty for death, which that I totally get. 
although it's fairly lenient when it comes to save points as far as, you know, kind of being able to create your own, um, that I feel like it's a very fair penalty. But the the enemies are, there is no enemy that you come across that you can shrug off. There is absolutely none. Even after you've upgraded for a while, some of the, the enemies you go back to can still look at you sideways and kill you. So I think... I also went straight for, I, I need to be more powerful. I need to be able to kill these things before they can attack me again like that. Yeah. And I think now I've got the, I'm doing the, uh, I guess, agility tree, so to speak. So I can get water breathing and the triple jump. So that's, that's the one I'm kind of working on now. I'm kind of neglecting everything else. Like I, I'm like, I don't need to see like secret passages and shit. I mean, I'm, I'm really not out to 100% the game. I'm just out to beat it. But, uh, yeah. but, but speaking to how you got into the game, like I was actually talking to, once again, uh, Lauren, and she mentioned that she had seen you mention the game and the music. So she checked it out, really liked it. And then I'm, and this was after I played a bit. I'm like, oh my God, the music is awesome. And I just bought the soundtrack. She's like, I just bought the soundtrack. And so we like Ori high-fived each other. Like, <laughs> Over Messenger, it was great. But it's, it, it's sort of the opposite of what happened with, for me with Journey. Because with Journey, uh, Lauren had mentioned that the soundtrack was really, really, really good. So I, I got the Journey soundtrack and was just blown away. I'm like, oh my god, this is great. I now have to play the game. So it was very much like what happened with you with Ori. But with Ori, like we were, I think, playing Destiny and she mentioned it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to buy it. So I just bought it like as we were playing. And and got into it and then was just like, oh, my God, this music is so great. Like, it is just so good. And yeah, it, it was an, an almost an immediate buy as soon as I was able to. Yeah, as soon as I have the money, I'm probably going to drop that on getting the soundtrack. I just, you know, and it, it made it a little easier that it's only a $20 game. Um, but it's certainly it's filling the void right now of video gaming because up until I bought that, it's been actually a couple of months since I've had a single player game to play. And as much as I'm a multiplayer kind of gal, I need a single player experience as well to kind of fall back on because I am, I'm not going to play Master Chief Collection or Destiny or uh, Evolve if I'm alone. I'm just not. And I have a wonky enough schedule that that's been happening a lot lately. So I needed something where like, I have the itch to play a video game, but there is nobody for me to get online and play with. What am I going to do? And Ori is, I, is the right game at the right time that I'm suffering through. I think the Wikipedia play page called it uh, Metroidvania, which it, yeah. it totally is. And it which is completely great. is. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I can't wait to, to actually finish it. I'm pretty sure I've got the chops to finish it and do a bunch of the side stuff. Uh, some of those, some of those platforming chops are coming back. Like I, I'm like, okay, there was a point where I could do some of this stuff, and and uh, now it's definitely there. I know, like way back in the day, I when I flipped um, uh, new new Super Mario Brothers on the like second generation DS or whatever, like that was a lot of fun. But there were some parts where I'm like, oh my god, this is just like. This is the most frustrating shit ever. Yeah. So let me ask, because it's right at the beginning of the game, not really spoiling anything. Did you cry? Because I did. I almost did. 
I wept like a goddamn school child. I, I think I'm becoming a little bit more hardened. Uh, I, I was also like, I, I was a little bit distracted when I saw it and, or when I, when I opened up the game and it was, I, I, I got somewhat emotional and, and I almost got there. Like it almost had me there. But as a veteran of the first 10 minutes of Up, it's, <laughs> it's no. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it was, it was definitely, it definitely got me into the game and, and it got me invested. So that it did very, very well. I, all, all around, it's, it's an especially well-crafted game. It's oh, right yeah. up there with like, uh, with other platforms. I think it's, it's more refined than, than Braid and, um, and, uh, what's the other one? What's the one where it's, it's dark and you're a silhouette? Oh, Limbo. Limbo. Yeah. I think it's more refined than those. And yeah. it's, it's got, I think it's actually like Limbo really only, only invokes one emotion and that's like fear. And this one evokes a lot more emotions. Like there's the joy, like there are certain parts where you're just like the joy of jumping and it's like, yay, I'm flying through the air gracefully and oh shit. Yeah. Oh no, God. It, so awesome. Limbo had a lot less, like it had puzzles, but I, I never felt like Limbo was a puzzle game as much as a, okay, here is a puzzle uh, do stuff until it kills you so that you know what not to do. Um, it was trial and error puzzles, basically. And Ori, the puzzles, I think, are fairly simple. It's the, um, it's the dexterity puzzles. It's, all right, you can probably figure out what to do pretty quickly, and now it's having the, the actual manual dexterity to do it. Limbo was more about the atmosphere and the, the trial and error and the, the controls were kind of necessarily imprecise because you're controlling a small child. But there was that limbo moment right at the beginning of the game and where the spider crawls along the front and I actually stopped. I'm like, what the fuck? No, I'm not playing this game. <laughs> like, don't tell me there are spiders, not spiders. Yeah. And but so uh, far, really yeah. good. I will, really, really good. I'll check in with you next week and we'll see how far each of us have gotten. Yeah, I I did not get to play all that much today because I was I was like getting home and I was doing stuff, and uh, I just like I said didn't get the chance, but I want to. Well, and after this, we're both going to be playing some Halo, so it'll have to are. wait I, I, a bit longer. I have so actually, what are we going to be doing? Because I've I've not played Halo Master Chief Collection multiplayer yet. Oh, at all? Okay, at all. We can do practically anything. I my favorite thing is to go into big team because I'm I'm kind of a big team person. Depending on how many people join us, we'll have to see what happens. I am pretty happy that a new patch came out about a week and a half ago, and matchmaking feels really good now. So I'm, I'm pretty confident about going on in. It's been rocky. It's been a really rocky couple of months. Um, but yeah, well, I am open to whatever people suggest, except for customs. I am not that interested in custom games. I, I, I remember the days of custom games on, uh, what was it, Halo 3? When, mm -hmm. you, when you'd politely play someone's Forge map and be like, uh, this is fine. But like, it, it was always, you'd go into a, a match and be like, oh, hey, here's my new game. Okay, guys, so don't do this, this, or this. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. And then later on, you'd be like, oh, I accidentally did the thing and ruined it. Sorry. Well, I, that was always that was always my pet peeve was like, hey, I'm going to build a map, but you have to remember to play it like this. It's yeah. like, uh, uh, OK, no, it got to the point where I was just like, 
Like, hey guys, you want to play my no? No. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think, one of the reasons that Griffball took off is because it was a simple enough game and, and Bernie brought in enough people who knew what they were doing in Forge to create what the game that was needed so that there were no house rules. There was no, you know, zombies was a house rule for a very long time. And if you didn't follow the house rule, none of it worked. And I'm not necessarily against house rules because when everyone would play zombies correctly, it could be a lot of fun. But then what would happen would be people would create these maps and where there'd be the one corner you could go hide in that only they knew about. And yeah, uh, so yeah, we're going to play some matchmaking and it's going to be fun. And hopefully we'll get enough people for big team because vehicles make people happy. And how? That sounds exciting, guys. I'm a little jealous that I haven't really upgraded systems yet and I can't join you. It, it yeah, can happen. We, we're, we're, the entire, this part of the, of the broadcast has been, has been Xbox One exclusive. Sorry, Jack. Right, I know. I was here. Listen, <laughs> if I had the money for a PlayStation, I would have loved to have played Journey. That, that looked like a fabulous game that I still would love to play. But I, you know, money is tight and I got to stick with one system. And right now all my friends are on the one. So I had a PS3 in my house for like a year. Journey is sitting in the box along with Hard Rain, and I did not unpack the box. Oh, I was see, so hard, hard Rain, man, but Journey seems like, like I, watching clips of that game and hearing about it made me want to buy a PS3. That, like, it just looked amazing. It is, and it's, it, it's a game that you can finish in an afternoon, which, mm. which is exactly what I did, but it is definitely a a unique video gaming experience. And I was very happy I got to play it. It's like, it, it and I, I think it's one of the reasons why I, I was so drawn to Ori in the Blind Forest, because it is sort of in that same vein, this indie game that is just, it, 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 put, it places visuals and gameplay very high, but that bar is already very high because everything else about the game is so good from the sound from the character design to the music. I mean, everything's good. And like I said, uh, both games are sort of this like vague fantasy world that you kind of have to discover and it's not fully explained. And it's definitely a lot more fantastical than, than a lot of other games. And, uh, and I appreciate that because like in journey, you kind of discover, what happened and what's going on. And in Ori and the Blind Forest, you're, you're doing very much the same thing. I mean, they're very different games. Like Journey is, is a light platformer, light puzzling game. And I would say that Ori is, is a legit platformer bordering on a, a, a hardcore pl platformer. Like it, it, it's almost there in some cases. I think if you, I think you've probably just played through the game, not so much, but if you want to get all the stuffs, then you're going to have to, you're going to be tested. Okay. Um, Roadblock, I want Yo. you to, the next time you play it, okay. I, I play for a couple of minutes, and then I think you're going to refine that statement, and that's all I'm going to say. What do you mean? About <laughs> the statement about how it almost borders on a hardcore platformer. And that's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to spoil what happens next, because you deserve to, to be surprised. So we should go play some Halo. Okay. Well, 
until then, uh, be sure to check it out on Glimpshark. It'll stream on right here on Glimpshark.com, so yeah, just stay tuned what, and watch that. Ha- yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to switch over. Uh, so the channel will go dark for hopefully just a couple of seconds, and then, and then we'll be right back. And sadly, you'll be looking at my mug. Okay. On behalf of Jonathan Cerna, Lauren Urban, and the entire Glimpshark staff, this is Jack Edithil saying good night, good health, and stay tuned for the Halos. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glib Shark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.